Romans chapter 4. Um, you know, just looking around the room, the church is growing, and um, I'm having, uh, going into 30 years, I'm having some memories, you know. Um, I, uh, when I was a young boy, 12 years old, I was born again. Um, I used to not say what denomination, but I was born in the MYF, Methodist Youth, Youth Fellowship. And back then, I didn't know my, our leaders were spirit-filled because that was against the law in the Methodist church that I was in. And uh, uh, we were part of what I like to call the frozen chosen. And so nobody said amen. Definitely nobody lifted their hand. Um, and uh, there was no, none of this going on. And so uh, the first time someone took me to a Pentecostal service, they set me in the middle. And then I understood why they set me in the middle because I thought, these people are crazy. <laughs> People lifting their hands, and it was a real Pentecostal church, not like a spirit-filled, charismatic, you know, kind of a modern-day church. It was real Pentecost, and so, woo-wee, that was something. But I loved their music, Amen. and I loved the presence that I felt. I'd never felt him like that before. You know, God could be felt. That's the whole, he's alive, you know. This is not supposed to be some old dry religion. You know, and if you grew up that way, then, you know, just hang on. Keep coming back. We, over COVID, we had people, some of the churches were closed down. They started coming here. And they're still coming. And they were like at first, like, whoo, y'all, you're a lot. <laughs> y'all, this is a lot. And I was like, I remember it was a lot. But we can't tone it down because I don't know how anymore. Hallelujah. And uh, um, so, you know, just the way we do things, again, there's even I see a bunch of new people here on Wednesday nights. The way, why do you guys do what you do with the money and stuff? Well, just hang out for a while and you'll figure it out. Amen. You know, it's maybe, you know, maybe it's not your cup of tea. Keep coming back to this restaurant. We'll feed you. Amen. Amen. And then tonight, you know, I'm just sitting there minding my own business. And, uh, and then noon prayer went this way. And so maybe the Lord was preparing me because, man, I got some. I even tried to tell the Lord, don't let me give all my opinions about chi child rearing because I got a lot of them. And I can help you all fix some stuff. But I probably won't get to tell you even when I tell you because a lot of them are just opinions. But just we were just there. So um, well, as I was walking over for noon prayer, uh, Romans um, chapter 4, verse 20 says, that's what, this is what came to me. He staggered not the promises of God through unbelief. So what is unbelief? Unbelief is just simply not believing what God says about something. It could be anything. Unbelief about salvation. In other words, people work to get saved or people don't believe Jesus is the only way. They believe there's many ways and that's not true. So that's unbelief. Unbelief is, uh, you know, people mistakenly call Thomas. You remember Thomas? What do they call him? They call him what? But that's, not, shouldn't, that's a wrong title. He wasn't doubting. He said, I will not believe. That's unbelieving. He said, I will not believe until I can thrust my hand, you know, put my finger through his, his nail prints and thrust my hand into his side. I refuse to believe. That's unbelieving. He wasn't doubting. Doubting is when you waver. Like you believe in healing, but the symptoms are still there, and you think, well, maybe, you know, maybe I am going to get healed. Maybe I'm not going to get healed. The report gets worse. I, I, and the Bible says in James 1, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How can he receive anything from the Lord? That's due. It's, it's of two mindsets. That's what doubting is. Remember Peter was walking on the water. Y'all remember Peter walking on the water? What, did, what happened to Peter? Was he in faith? Have you ever walked on the water? Pastor Rhonda's not here, so she, can say, she can't say no. She thinks I walk on the water, but I don't. <laughs> she doesn't believe that. Anyway, but, but did Peter walk on the water? Was that a real deal? 
what happened? He began to see and feel the waves. And as a fisherman, he began to realize, you can't walk on the water in the middle of a storm. And he began to be afraid. And the Bible says he doubted. He didn't, wasn't in unbelief. He was walking on the water. Right? So doubt is different than unbelief. So he's staggering all the promise through unbelief. So anytime where the devil tries to come, even if this is doubt, anytime the devil tries to come to pull you off of what you're believing, one of the best answer is, but was strong in faith, how? Giving glory to God. Everybody say giving glory to God. Giving glory. What is that? That's worship. That's honor. And uh, today during noon prayer, we spent the first of it just thanking God. There's just times that you need to thank God. And, and so I'm going to, we'll see how the Holy Ghost does all this. I have no notes. That's not, that's not like me. Pastor Rhonda can do, past my wife can preach off a post-it note. I have an intro, points three, four, four, four scriptures in each one, transitional sentences and a conclusion. I have none of that. Hallelujah. So let's see what we're going to do. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. So one of the things when you're praising God, one of the things you have done, whether you know it or not, is what Sarah did. Y'all remember Sarah? Remember, I tell you this account, a lot of people don't talk about this, but you remember Abraham and Sarah. So uh, Abraham, Abram becomes Abraham. He's a friend of God. Remember that? And the Lord, because remember, as this friendship, the Lord said, what do you want? He said, well, I don't have an heir. I don't have a son. So that's what I'd like. And the Lord said, okie dokie. And so he goes back and he tells Sarah, Sarai, uh, the Lord, God says we're going to have a son. And so they go buy cribs and a crib and they go buy, get the baby's room already. But 10 years, no baby. No baby. And so, and they're older, you know. And Old Testament age is probably not as the same as New Testament age. But they, you know, they're older. And she gets frustrated. Now, I'm not going to blame all this on Sarai, Sarah. I'm not going to blame her. But she got frustrated. Y'all remember the account? She said, here's Hagar. Y'all go in there together make me a baby. And the stupid man said, okie dokie. <laughs> Sometimes men are stupid. He should have said, no, baby. Let's wait on God. But he didn't. And so let me tell you something. Listen to me. The problem wasn't with Abraham's body. Because he produced a child. Sarah was the holdup. Now that's got to be hard for her. After the baby is produced. To look at that child. And then she didn't handle it well. Remember she kicked her and that boy out? And an angel had to find her. Because he was Abraham's. But now let's go back. You remember Sodom and Gomorrah. So the Lord's coming down because the cry of the sin is great, and he's going to have to do something about it. But he said this, I can't do anything about this till I go see my friend. Why does Abraham care? Because his nephew Lot is there. Because remember, Lot looked up, and he, Lot chose the best land. And that best land was towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And then what happened was that sin sucked them in and his family. So Abraham comes by, and you remember uh, the great thing. Um, what happened, you know, give me the first auctioneer ever, ever, ever you know. Uh, if, give me 50, give me 50, give me 45, give me 45. Who'll give me 40? Who'll give me 40? Who'll give me 30? He went all the way down to 10, and there weren't 10 righteous. 
And so, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed. But this is interesting. You can look through the scripture in Genesis where this is all. I'm giving you an accurate account, except it's in Mark's version. So then God comes by the tent. And there's no, Sarah doesn't have any, any children. And he went by the tent and Sarah was in the tent and she heard God talk, which is really cool. I don't know how this all happened, but it's really cool. And he said, God said out loud, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. Right? And remember what Sarah did. What Sarah do? She laughed. It wasn't a ha, 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 that's amazing. It was a, yeah, right. And then God said, why did you laugh? And she said, what? I didn't laugh. So the mother of our faith, because if Abraham's the father of our faith, Sarah's the mother. So we got a laugher and a liar. Hallelujah. There's hope for you and me, right? There's hope for you and me. But I want you to notice something. And I know we've gone over this before, but someone in the room needs to hear it. If one person needs to hear this and it'll change your life, it's worth us taking a detour on Wednesday night just for you. Amen. Just for you. Amen. Just for you. Not in my mind. This is in the heart of God. Just for you. Hebrews 11, 11 says, Now through faith also Sarah herself. Everybody say herself. herself. Listen to me. When you're believing God for something... It really doesn't even matter. The closest people around you don't have to understand or even agree. This is between you and God. And if your faith will work, and if you hear the word of God, and you'll believe, then something will happen. Her body was dead. Remember what she said. She said, am I going to have, ple-? King James says, pleasure. Basically, with my Lord now, we're old. She's basically saying, we don't even do that no more. We don't do that no more. And now after all these years and all my 10 years of anguish, now you're going to do it? But listen to me. Sarah either was in doubt or unbelief. I think unbelief because of how she responded when she first heard God. But guess what? The first time you hear it, you don't have to stay there. That's why you got to keep coming. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come from what you heard yesterday. It comes from what you're currently hearing and hearing and hearing. You got to keep hearing it. But how long does it take to, to have a baby? That's what they tell me for us humans. You know, squirrels and rabbits are different and elephants are different. But we're not of them. Nine months. But he said a year. So something happened in three months. Listen to me. Nothing is impossible with God. Three months, plenty of time to get a miracle. Three months, plenty of time to get a miracle. Three months, plenty of time to get a miracle. So what happened? She received strength. Why? To conceive seed and deliver the child when she was past age because, everybody say because. because. She judged him. Faithful. She judged him what? Faithful. And then you go back here to Romans chapter 4 and you look. Um, uh, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. 
So this is his side. But it says, And not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead or about, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So I think this is talking about this, this is the second go-around. This is not the first go-around. This is the second go-around. Because now Sarah has said, All right, I believe God. I believe God. She considered what he said. He, he said it. He's God. He's faithful. I believe it. And she found herself in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. And what happened? They staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but they did what? They were strong in faith. Can, how can you tell if your faith is strong about something? Well, you'll be giving God glory. You'll be thanking God. So let's look at some of those things. Let's look at that. Oh, hallelujah. Where where would we find those, Lord? Hallelujah. Ephesians. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Where would I find those? I don't have to. I'm going to (laughs) have. Stretch. Where's my faith life teacher? Um, Ephesians. Ephesians. for all things, give thanks. If, oh, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Yeah, yeah, that's where it is. Ephesians 5. Uh, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine where it is excess. Verse 18. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, I can't do that. But you can make a melody in your heart. But you ought to be able to do the others. In your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks for all things. Giving thanks for all things to God. What are we talking about? Why did I have him do? Why did the Lord have him do? Worthy of it all and, and the Lord is good. He's trying to get us focused or anybody in this room focused on this. If it looks impossible, if it looks too big, it looks like you need a miracle, then you serve a miracle working God. And when he positions you, because Jesus all the time when he was on the earth, he repositioned people. The Syrophoenician woman tried to come with the wrong covenant. She said, you know, have mercy on me, son of David. But she wasn't in the covenant. So Jesus, you remember the lady that he called a dog? Y'all remember the lady that he called a dog that gets sued today? But he called her a dog. And she said, all I need is a crumb that falls from the master's table. What was Jesus doing? He was, she was, he was repositioning her so she could receive. And at the end, he said, go your way, your daughter your daughter daughter is healed she's delivered right and he said great i what big faith we got here why and and part of that she came and worshiped him see get rid of all the religious all the religious nonsense bull get rid of it all get rid of it quit it it'll get you nowhere just frustrated when Jesus was on the earth, he didn't have problem with sinners. He had problem with religious people. Those who try to think, take the things of God and make it a bunch of rules and regulations. Wash your hands. Well, thank God for Purell, but that's not going to bring you any closer to Jesus. You just got to get rid of all that. She, she tried to come religious, the Syrophoenician woman. And he said, I'm not here for you. I'm not here for you. Man, most people would have walked away. Don't let anybody tell you it's not for today. That's what he used to do. He's still doing the same things he's always done. He's still alive. How could it be any different? He's alive. He's not dead. 
And she came and she, she, heard, she said what she heard somebody else say. And she tried. But then she just worshipped him. came and worshipped him. And then he said, okay, now you're real with me, I can be real with you. I, I, didn't, I didn't come for you, this is not your covenant. And she said, he said, he, so he was giving her, I believe he was giving her a clue. And he said, well, healing is the children's bread. And that's when she came up with, and I don't even know. I don't know if the Holy Ghost helped her. I don't know who helped her. I don't know if he gave her a card. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> but she said, even the little dogs eat the crumbs. Now, anybody got a dog? I know you do, even if you're, tell, you're told not to. I was told not to, but I did it anyway. Because I liked it when my dog got to eat, too. <laughs> even the little pups eat the crumbs. That All I need is a crumb. And he said, well, how, what positioned her for that worship? Got rid of the nonsense. Got rid of the religion. Got rid of all that. The traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. She worshiped him. So, we can all worship, can't we? I didn't say record an album. Everybody can't sing up here. Everybody doesn't need to make a CD. Do they even do that anymore? I don't know what they do anymore. But everybody can sing from their heart. Everybody can minister to the Lord. Giving thanks for all things. So what does that mean, giving thanks for all things? Well, you don't thank God for car wrecks. Lord, I thank you for getting fired today. Lord, I thank you for cancer. Lord, I thank you for this uh, cold. I thank you for this virus. Thank you, Jesus, for this virus. Now, because a lot of people think that, and they try to make it literal. But, um, you know, if, uh, if Ollie gave Nadra, you know, $1,000. Go ahead. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, she wouldn't look at me and say, thank you, Pastor Mark. Well, she might because I told him to. But, <laughs> but you don't thank someone for something they didn't give you. So you got to know what the word says. Come on. Cornerstone, those of you new, you'll hear this scripture all the time because everybody needs to hear it. Jesus made the line of demarcation. It's so easy a four-year-old can figure it out. It just takes a preacher to mess it up. John 10.10. 10. The thief. Who's the thief? The devil. What does he do? Steals. Kills and destroys. John 10 10. What does he do? So if, if someone stole something, where'd it come from? Well, sometimes God, because you never know about him. He's trying to teach you a lesson. Now, how many of you know it's in red? It's not in red. You know, it's not on the screen yet, but but it's 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 in red. Jesus said it. How many of you know Jesus knows what he's talking about? He said, the thief does what? So you can even take that into James. The Bible says this. Every good and perfect gift come down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness. What does that mean? You put anything in the equation, God is a constant. You put anything in the equation, God's a constant. There's no variableness with him. No shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So if it's good... Came from God. So the devil does what? He steals, he kills, 
and he destroys. And everybody say, he may not steal from me, kill me, or destroy me. And Jesus said, but I've come that you might have zoe, the God kind and quality of life. Did Jesus come? Did he, did he give you his life? Yes, and we receive that. His life lives on the inside of you. His life is on the inside of you. We used to sing in the song in the 90s, and I sang it all last night. I was praying for somebody. And I was singing, I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got his life, his nature, and his ability. I've got the life of God. Jesus gave you Zoe. That, you've got his life. Are, are you with me? So we're, when we're worshiping God, we're not thanking him for that. And then, oh, let's see. No, that would be too good if I would have wrote that. Um, for the companion scripture that I always teach is found in 1 Thessalonians. Praise the Lord. Y'all helping me? 1 Thessalonians 5. This is working. Um, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. In everything. So no matter what's going on, for all things. Now, you're not thanking God for bad stuff, but you're thanking God for him delivering you out of that bad stuff. So uh, if you had a car wreck and your car was totaled, thank you, Lord, for a better car. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. Thank you, Lord, uh, if something happened, that you're, you're healing me. Uh, if, if, if your company closes, thank you, Lord, for a better job, for, a, for, a, for a more money. God cares about that. Every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of lights, who with there's no variable, no shadow of turning. So for all things, do what? Give. And then it says in everything. So no matter your situation, give thanks. I was like this guy. Um, he was, uh, you know, during Jesus' time, uh, they put all the lepers together. Uh, leprosy was something to be, um, couldn't be cured, uh, especially back in then. And leprosy was a horrible disease. Um, you know, people would lose. Uh, and I've been in India and, I, and actually have seen people with leprosy. It's still a bad thing. And, like, they'll lose their nose, their digits, their hand, their fingers, their toes. It's awful to see. Their skin is discolored. But you don't just get discolored skin. Uh, as it goes, it, 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 you, they fall off. It's gross. It's awful. And so because they didn't know what to do, remember they, would, um, um, they had to be by themselves. So get away. And then if they were somehow made well, I don't know why, but they would go to the priest. I don't know why you go to priests, but they did. And so remember the ten lepers. Y'all remember that? And they came and they, 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 they called on Jesus. And Jesus told them that they're cleansed and to do what? Remember, to go show yourself to the priests. And then the one turned around. Remember the one? I gave you scripture in Luke, but uh, the one turned around. What did he do when he turned around? He gave thanks. Now, see, this was after he noticed himself, the leprosy leaving or something. Or I don't even know if he noticed yet. Because they were on their way. They weren't healed yet. They were on their way. I don't know if he'd noticed yet. But he turned around, and the rest, the other nine were on their merry little way. Now, again, this guy was not a covenant guy. He was hanging out with covenant guys, but he wasn't one. 
It's always interesting to me now that I'm studying this more and more, how much the non-covenant people, even back then, Jesus just had such mercy on. And if you really believed, and if you really, so he, he's going back and, and he turns around and, and he thanks him. And the Lord even noticed. He said, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? They got theirs and left. They weren't from the south. They had very bad manners. He came and fell down before Jesus and worshiped. In all things, for all things, his, he, his faith grew strong, given glory. He didn't even know it. He was activating this principle. His faith grew strong as he was giving glory to God. Now, if you're just a casual reader, you don't get the whole thing of that. Because the Bible says that that man was made whole. Now, see, if you just don't understand what that means, if you study all the scriptures of miracles and stuff, there's this term when, when someone has something missing, they're made whole. Aren't you glad you're made, the Lord can make you whole? Listen, if he created a liver, he can replace a liver. Oh, I don't believe that. What won't happen for you? Don't worry about it. But I wouldn't discourage people around you for believing that. Now, just in case, you know, uh, I'm grateful for everything medical science can do. I'm not opposed to medical science. As far as I'm concerned, they're going the same direction we are. But when they come to their end, you're at your end, unless you believe in him, and then you're never at an end. You're never at an end. So this man, I mean, so made whole. So I imagine the Lord gave him the best nose of anybody he ever had. I don't know. Made him whole. Where'd that come from? Worship. What is worship? Worship is just you thanking God in all things and for all things for what he's done. It is expression of your faith. You grow strong in faith giving glory to God. You grow strong in faith giving glory to God. And worship is not just something you do at church with our wonderful worship team. Worship is something that ought to come from your heart. And you ought to get really good at it because you're going to be if you're born again, you all are probably hopefully, then you're going to be doing it a really long time. We are going to be gathering around the throne. And you don't want to have to go to school when you get to heaven. Because <laughs> you're going to want to do this. You're going to want to be good at it. Uh, John chapter 4, the woman at the, issue with, uh, at the well, Jesus really used her to teach us what worship is. Someone needs to hear this tonight if it's one person. But everybody, it's good in the room, right, because it's the word. Talking about getting strong in faith, giving glory to God. Um, you have to believe. Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things that you desire, believe that you receive them when you pray. And when you believe and when you pray, then you'll have them. First John 5, 14, 15. This is the confidence that I have in him. If I ask anything according to his will, I know he hears me. If I know he hears me, I know I have it. Jesus said you have not because you ask not. Ask that your joy be full. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Right? So you put those four scriptures together and you understand this, 
that if you know the will of God, which is the word of God, then you come boldly before the throne room and you ask. But when you ask is when you believe that you receive. You're not waiting for something to show up. You believe you receive before you see it. So after you say amen, what do you do then? So what do you got to do? From the time of um, you believe something until the time that you see something, that's the pivotal time. And what you do during that time is the most important time so that you can see what you believed in your heart. And one of the greatest things to do is worship. But it's got to be out of your heart. The Lord would rather hear you out of your heart say three or four things than 30 things that came from somebody else. Read some, get a little worship handbook and repeat this. That's fine, but that's not what he's interested in. He's interested in your heart. If, if all you got is, Lord, you are good. Thank you for your goodness to me. Man, my life was really messed up, and you really helped me. Now, that's not how I would say it to him. I'll say it how, I would say it the way I say it, and Pastor Rhonda's not here to correct me. I would just say, Lord, my life was really screwed up, and you fixed it. And I am eternally grateful. Real stuff. Listen, it's a little scary, but the Bible says you can't even go away. Uh, you can't even go to hell to get away from God knowing your thoughts. He knows what's in your heart, and just be real with Him. If you don't understand, tell Him you don't understand. But figure out something from the Word of God. Find truth here that make it real to you, and and, and worship Him with it. This woman at the well, he said, our, our fathers worship in this mountain. And you say, he's talking to Jesus, that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour comes and now where you will neither in this mountain. So worship is not at a place. It's not even that. Thank God for church. Thank God for worship gatherings. Thank God for elevation. Thank God for Carrie Job. Thank God for Chris, Charity Gale. Thank God. Thank really God for Charity Gale. Hallelujah. And Ryan, her husband. But that's that's not it. You can as long if you're worshiping really with them, that's one thing. But don't let anybody do your worship for you. You've heard me say, I'm not going to worship for you. The Lord even said, if you hold your peace, the rocks will cry out. Somebody's going to worship him. Might as well be you from your heart. What is it to, back to Romans 4.20. I grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. It's a release of your faith. It, it, it's evidence that you believe. It's not complicated. I believe something, so I worship. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. But the hour comes and now is. Everybody say now is. When true worshipers, what's a true worshiper? Shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Sometimes when people are new to this kind of stuff, they're like, wow, this is interesting. I feel something. What is that? It's in, that's the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. I had a, um, she's not here. I don't think she's here tonight. If she's here, she'll tell me. I have a lady that, uh, she comes to church now, and uh, she uh, waits on us at Outback. And what, I love what she said to me. She came here for something that wasn't a regular church service. And she said, I felt the spirit. 
That's one of the best testimonies I ever heard. I felt him. God can be felt. I know us faith people, man, we're like, don't go by feelings. Well, yeah, not by what you believe, but you should have some feelings. You should have some sense of his presence. He's real. If you go throughout your life and you never sense God, then no, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. No, 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 he's real. He's real. I'm not saying you feel him on your skin, although, you know, it's possible. But sense in his presence. What do you sense? His peace. His joy. His sweetness. His kindness. His love. You can sense it. Sense those things. So how do you worship? In spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and in truth. What's truth? The word of God. So he said, the hour comes and now has been true worshipers. So if there's true worshipers, there's also what? False worshipers or fake worshipers and everything in the middle. So if you want to get to the spectrum of on the end of what God pleases God, it's got to be by the Holy Ghost and it's got to be word. So you can't be singing stuff and worshiping with stuff that's not true. It's not truth from the word of God. Lord, you made me sick, and I'm grateful. You've taught me a lesson, and I know. No, that, that's, even if it's from your heart and you're singing on key, he doesn't receive that because it's not true. You can sing this. I'm grateful that you healed me. I've been delivered in Jesus' name. The blood has washed me clean. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Whatever. See, it doesn't even have to rhyme. It doesn't even have to sound good. But it sounds good to him. Two worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father does what? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Seeks. Seeks. Why? Because he really only cares about your heart. Remember when, was it Jesse went to anoint David King and had all the 12 guys, the brothers in. And the first one was really tall and good looking, looked kingly. And he said, surely it's him. And the Lord said, nope, 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 nope. He said, don't you got any more? And they didn't even think that David was even a chance. And they left him out in the field. Right? And what did God say about David? He's a man after my own heart. Was David perfect? He's a man after my own heart. Heart, heart, heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So why does God want your heart? Because if he can get your heart, he can get your mouth. If he can get your mouth, he can change things for you. Worship is all about your mouth and your heart. What he, one time, he was talking about the religious, and he said, uh, they do worship me in vain. What is in vain? For no purpose. You might as well not do it. It's worthless. They worship me in vain. Well, I don't believe you can worship God in vain. You'd be wrong. They worship me in vain. Who said so? Jesus. Why? They honor me with their lips. Now, us word people, you know, we're big about words. But words with no connection to the heart are still worthless to the Lord. You can put on a good show for everybody and say all the right things. But if something's not connected to your heart, it doesn't do any good. Now, I believe in confession unto faith where you're speaking the word to get it in your heart. Absolutely. 
But, but when it comes to worship, it's got, that's why sometimes, you know, you come in on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. I know Wednesday night's even harder. It's like you've been working, you got things. You've got to connect. Because, see, you can go through a whole worship service and nothing happened to you. Right? Because you're just singing some songs. Singing some songs. And it's better than singing, you know, Benny and the Jets or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why that came from. Who? That's, that's weird. Um, I don't like. I never. I don't even like Benny and the Jets. Anyway, um, oh, it must be from the football games that James Clement. Anyway, um, uh, the Father seeks such to worship Him. The Father seeks everybody. The Lord is. Everybody say this. The Lord, the Lord. is seeking me, a true worshiper. Isn't that cool? People think, oh, I'm seeking the Lord. Well, yes, you are, but He's seeking you right back. And he's not playing hide-and-go-seek. He's near to those who call upon him in truth, the psalmist said. (laughs) God is a spirit. So the really only way you're going to worship him is get rid of your religion. Quit being fake. Quit trying to come a man-made way. It won't work. The father seeks Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, wor- must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. How do we grow strong in faith? One of the ways is to give glory to God. Why are you doing that? As you're giving glory to God, you're telling him what he's done for you. Where are you going to tell him from? From the word, the truth. How are you going to do it? In the spirit. And when you do that, you'll be like Sarah, who grew strong she, she counted God faithful. She counted him faithful. I could break into great is thy faithfulness, but I won't. He's faithful. He's faithful to a thousand generations. He's faithful to his word. And he's faithful to the word you believe. He's not just faithful to you. He's faithful to the word you believe. That's what he can be faithful to. In that three months, something happened to our dear friend Sarah. For 10 years, she couldn't get it. Now, listen to me. I bet you that woman was frustrated. And then after she sent Hagar in and there's a child, now she's frustrated and mad. And she thinks that God is, she probably thinks there's nothing, but she probably thinks God is withholding. But then when God comes by, aren't you grateful for the patience of God? How you know it's never too late? Come on, everybody say, never too late. With man, it's impossible. Remember, but with God, what? And Mark 9, 23 says, all things are possible to them that believe. You put those two together and you, you got it. Right? So Sarah, you know, that three months, she had to get real with herself. What do I believe? Is he faithful? Is he God? Is he a liar? Can he lie? Because see, Abraham, all the, and, and listen, to, to, not to pit them, they had two totally different experiences before. I mean, Abraham is out and God walking through things as he cuts a covenant. I mean, come on, he had a, quite a display. 
And that's a little easier to believe. She has the word only of her husband. And so she couldn't connect. Remember I tell you people, that, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, but wishing won't make fix it. I wish people would just stay long enough to get enough word in them. And not let people pull them out. Um, it's like, the remember the, this woman we were talking about in John 4? Remember her? Remember she went, you remember Jesus told her, he said, go get your husband. Remember what, he, what, what she said? I ain't got no husband. I'm sure she said it in proper English. I haveest, thouest, knowest husbandest. <laughs> and he said, you're right. And then the Holy Ghost kicked in, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. She said, word of knowledge said, well, you've had five husbands. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. You've truly said. Right? And she's like, ooh, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> you know all my business. But the Lord didn't tell her a business so he could ridicule her or so he could push her down. He, he, he told her so he could help her. Because listen to me, anyone who's been married five times and now uh, has given up on marriage and lived with a man, she's been hurt. Her heart's hurt. Her, she's broken. She's broken. But she went back to the village, remember? And what'd she do? She said, come meet a man that told me all of my life. And she knew that he was the Savior. And so she was, she was a woman preaching evangelist. And the Bible says, and some of them believed. But then Jesus took a journey. I mean, he's not sent to these people. This is not time for them. But he takes some time out of his busy time. And he's like, I'm going to follow this woman into where she lives. And I'm going to talk to the Samaritans. I think he got tired of dealing with the religious people. Every day. Somebody trying to get him in a trap and, you know, everyone trying to get him in a gotcha moment. Oh, come on. I've lived there a little bit, and it's exhausting. Everybody analyzing every little word you say to try to get you. Jesus got tired. So I'm going over here to the Samaritans. These people just want, they just, they just want to say, hey. So he went over there, and a man said this. Some believed because, he's talking to the woman. Some believe because of what you said, but now we believe because we've heard him for ourselves. There is no substitute for you personally hearing from Jesus. Well, tell me how, tell me how, tell me how. Read your Bible. That's him talking to you. If you're born again, you are his sheep. You know his voice. You know, if you're a pastor believers, well, the Lord said, well, I don't believe the Lord talks. You'd be wrong again. Because he does talk. It's not a voice all the time. It's a knowing. Romans 8, 14 says we're led by the Spirit of God. Can you know him? You can know him. I love that. He said to her, some believe because of what you said, but it took some of us, we had to hear it for ourselves. And Sarah had to hear it for herself. A spouse can't do it for you sometimes. It's good to have someone to agree with you, but you got to hear it for yourself. And um, we've had some people, you know, everybody around them not in total, yeah, I believe in God with you. But they got theirs anyway because, so just like Sarah, she had to count God faithful for herself. Nobody else can worship for you. Nobody else can believe for you. But nobody else can keep you out either. 
Nobody can keep you out. Wow. Is it time? Thank you, Jesus. Well, all my services are Holy Ghost prepared, but this one really was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father God, I thank you for everybody in this room. I pray that I know what you gave them, it'll help whoever that was for, whoever that group of people, or all of us, Lord. We're just so grateful for the reminder. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Yeah. Before we go, everybody stand up. If you're comfortable, why don't you lift your hands to heaven? If you're not comfortable doing that yet, then just stand there. That's fine. I remember when I first started coming to this kind of church, I did this. I did the hands down, and it was the hands this way, then hands this way, and then one day it was up like that. But it doesn't matter. But just out of your heart, if all you can say is, Lord, thank you for your goodness, then you say that. I'm going to start doing it, but don't do what I'm doing. You do from your heart. You do, come on, right now, do from your heart. Lift up your voice so everybody around you be comfortable. We're all lifting our voice. Father God, we're so grateful for your goodness and your mercy. We're so great, grateful for who you are. We love you. We honor you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, Father, I thank you that you've delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear son. You are good and your mercies are new every morning. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. You are good. You are good. Great is your faithfulness to us. Your mercies are new every morning. Your compassions, they fail not. We worship you. We magnify you. We glorify you. You are the Holy One. You are the Righteous One. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the Most High, the Most Holy, the Eternal One. You're the Great I Am, and we worship you. You're my Savior. You're my Healer. You're my Provider. You're the Holy Ghost Baptizer. And I thank you for your goodness. I love you. I honor you. And I thank you for it. Amen. I encourage you just the rest of this week and anytime you can. And then really on your way in driving in church on Sunday. This is your assignment. Start worshiping God in your car. Man, if everybody come worshiping, when we hit that time, we would just go through the roof. Amen.